0: 19. Operation. An hour after my departure he escaped and came to me at Anzin. But when the Zwav was sent to noily, the two friends had to separate. At the railway station he begged to take his dog along. And told his story, but the field officer, touched though he was, could not take it upon himself to send a dog on a military train. The distress of both man and beast was so evident that more than one nurse had tears in her eyes as the train pulled out. They tried to pet the dog. Dubbed him to stay boshes offered him dog delicacies of all sorts, but in vain, he refused all food and remained for two days, sad to death, then someone went to the American hospital, told how the dog had saved the zwath, and the upshot of it was that the faithful animal, duly combed and passed through the disinfecting room, was admitted to the hospital and recovered his master and his appetite, but at last accounts his master was still very weak, and, in the short visit which the dog is allowed to make each day, He knows perfectly, after a tender and discreet good morning, how to hold himself very wisely at the foot of the bed, his eyes fixed upon his patient. Thanks to modern science, the cases of tetanus are few in this war, but there are many deaths from gangrene, because, with no truce for the removal of the wounded, so many life or days before receiving medical aid. Abbe Klein tells of one Breton boy, as gentle a soul as his sister, my little Breton, he always calls him affectionately and comments again and again upon the boy’s patient courage amid sufferings that could have but one end. The infection spread in spite of all that science could do, and even amputation could not save him. At last he ceased to live, like a poor little bird, as his French attendant, herself a mother with three boys in the army, said with tears, saddest of all are the bereaved wives and mothers, the reader will find many of them in the good chaplain's book, and they will bring the war closer than anything else. Sometimes they stand mute under the blow, looking on the dead face without a sound, and then dropping unconscious to the floor. Sometimes they cry wild things to heaven. The chaplain's work in either case is not easy, and some of his most touching pages depict such scenes. There was a boy of 20 years, who was slowly but surely dying of gangrene. Let the abbe tell the end of the story. At nine o'clock the parents arrive, frightened at first by the change. They are reassured to see that he is suffering so little. And soon leave him, as they think, to arrest. When they return at 10, suddenly called, their child is dead. Their grief is terrible. The father still masters himself. But the mother utters cries. They are led to the chapel. While someone comes to look for me, the poor woman, who was wandering about stamping and wringing her hands, rushes to me and cries, Mumber, it is not possible that her son is dead. A child like that, so healthy, so beautiful, so lovable. She wishes me to reassure her, to say it is as she says, before my silence and the tears that come to my eyes her groans redouble, and nothing can calm her, but what will become of us, we had only him, nothing quiets her, my words of Christian hope have no more effect than what the Father tries to say to her, for a moment she listens to my account of the poor boy's words of faith, of the communion yesterday, of his prayer this morning, but soon she falls back into her distraction. And I suggest to the husband that he try to occupy her mind, to make a diversion of some kind, the more so, I add, as I must leave to attend a burial, she hears this word, I don't want him to be taken from me, you are not going to bury him at once, I explain softly that no one is thinking of such a thing, that on the contrary I am going to take her to those who will let her see her boy, we go then to the office, and I hurry away to commence the funeral of another. I learn on my return that they have seen their son, such as death has made him, and that on hearing the cries of the mother, three other women, already agitated by the visit to their own wounded and by the funeral preparations, have fallen in a faint, one day last fall President Kwakare, accompanied by Anne Viviani and General Galliani, was received at the American Hospital by Mr. Herrick, the American Ambassador, and by the members of the Hospital Committee. Abbe Klein has words of praise not only for Mr. Herrick, but also for his predecessor, Mr. Bacon, and for his successor, Mr. Sharp. His admiration for the devoted American women who are serving as nurses in the hospital is expressed frequently in his pages. He says the labors of the American nurses and those of the French nurses complement each other admirably. Of the founding and maintenance of the hospital at Noilly, he says, the resources are provided wholly by the charity of Americans. From the beginning of the war the Administrative Council of their Paris Hospital took the initiative in the movement, the American colony in France, almost unaided, gave the half million francs that was subscribed the first month, New York and other cities of the United States followed their lead, and, in spite of the financial crisis that grips there as elsewhere, one may be sure that the funds will not be wanting, America has its Red Cross, which, justly enough, aids the wounded of all nations. Among the belligerents, it has chosen to distinguish the compatriots of Lafayette and Rocambo, our field hospital is the witness of their faithful gratitude. France will not forget. Later the Abbe recorded in his diary that the 500 beds would soon be filled, but added that the generous activity of the Americans would not end there. They would establish branch hospitals. Large sums had been placed at the disposal of the committee to found an ambulance in Belgium and another in, in France as near the front as prudence permitted. Toward the end of January he recorded the gift of 200.000 from Mrs. Harry Payne Whitney, and it's used by the committee to establish an affiliated hospital at the College of Julie, in the department of St. Edmarne He added that still other branches were about to be founded with American funds. Abbe Klein writes out of a full and sincere heart, whether as a priest, a patriot, or a man who loves his fellowmen, and, without seeking it, he writes as a master of phrase. His new book probably will soon be translated and published in the United States. A Trooper's Soliloquy by O.C.H.I.L.T.'s very peaceful by our place the now. I. Mary's home from school the little toad and Jack is likely bringing in the cow. Away from pasture. Down the hillside road. Now Nancy. I'll be bound. Is brewing tea. She's humming at her work the way she will. And. Happened so. She maybe thinks of me and wishes she'd another cup to fill. T is very queer to sit here on this nag and swing this bento blade within my hand to keep my eye upon that German flag and wonder will they run or will they stand, to watch their olens forming up below, and feel a queer some way that's like to fear, to hope to God that I won't make a show, and that my throat is not too dry to cheer, to close my eyes a breath and say, God bless and keep all safe at home, and A does win then straighten as the bugle sounds, right, dress, hurrah, hurrah, hurrah. We're going in. American and friendliness by Maximilian Harden from the New York Times, April 1915. Maximilian Harden, author of the article of which the following is a translation, is the widely known German journalist and publicist who has been termed the German George Bernard Shaw. The article was published in the second February number of Die Zukunft. Japan and the United States are being wooed. Ever since the Western powers' hope of speedy decisive blows on the part of Russia had shriveled up, they would like to allure the Japanese army, to four hundred thousand men, to the continent. What was scoffed at as a whim of Kinshan and Clemenceau now is unveiled as a yearning of those at the head of the governments. The sentimental wish to see Germany's collapse completed by the activities of the allied European powers now ventures only shyly into the light of day. The ultimate wearing down of the German army assures us of victory. But a speedy termination of the war under which the whole hemisphere suffers would be preferable. The Trans-Siberian Railway could bring the Japanese to Poland and East Prussia. The greatness of the expenditures therefore cannot frighten him who knows what tremendous sums each week of the war costs the Allies. Where it is a question of our life, of the existence of all free lands, every consideration must vanish. Public opinion desires an agreement with the government of the Mikado. These sentences I found in the temps. England will not apply the brakes, Mister Winston Churchill. To be sure, logs the carefree fortune of his fatherland, which even after Trafalgar, he says, did not command the seas as freely as today. But in his inmost heart, even this savior of Calais does not cheat himself concerning the fact that it is a matter of life and death. In order not to succumb in such a conflict, England will sacrifice its prosperous comfort and the lordly pride of the white man just as willingly as it would, if necessary. Gibraltar and Egypt, which might be within the reach of German armies in the spring. Will Japan follow the luring cry? Any price will be paid for it. What is in due China to the Frenchmen, whose immense colonial empire is exploited by strangers, if thereby they can purchase the bliss of no longer being the victims of 1870? And the yellow race that company operated on Europe's soil in the most momentous decision of all history would live in splendor such as had never before been seen, and could keep China the confused reeling republic for at least a generation in its guardianship the land of the stars and stripes is only being asked to give its neutrality the color of goodwill it island for the time being and likely that the united states would stand beside our opponents with army and navy as has been urgently counseled by mr roosevelt who received the honorary doctor's title in berlin and as a private citizen reviewed a brigade drill at the kaiser's side nevertheless Experience warns us to be prepared for every change of weather from the distant west as well as the distant east and to guard ourselves alike against abuse and against flattery the sentiment of the americans is unfriendly to us in spite of prince's travels through its monuments exchanges of professors keel week and cable compliments yes in spite of all that we can't change it and should avoid impetuous wooing The missionaries of the foreign office brought along with them in trunks and bundles across the sea the prettiest eagerness, but in many cases they selected useless and in some cases even injurious methods, lectures, pamphlets, defensive writings the number of the defenders and the abundance of their implements and talk only nursed suspicion. Whatever could be done for the explanation of the German conduct was done by Germania's active children, who know the country and the people. The American businessman never likes to climb mountains of paper he has grown up in a different emotional zone, accustomed to a different standard of values than the Middle European, to feel his way into foreign points of view, finally to become, in ordinary daily relations, a psychologist, that will be one of the chief duties of the German of tomorrow, he may no longer demand that the stranger shall be like him, no longer denounce essential differences of temperament as a sin, the North American, among whose ancestors are Britons and Spaniards, Celts and Dutchmen. South Frenchmen and Low Germans, does not easily understand the Englishman, despite the common language, calls him surly, stiff, cold, charges him with selfishness and presumption, and has never, as a glance backward will show, sharp battle with him for great issues, for the most part, to be sure, it remains the scolding of relatives, who wish to tug at and tousle each other, not to murder each other, only before the comrade of Japan did the brow of Jonathan wrinkle more deeply but every Briton swore that his kinsmen would bar the yellow man's way to Hawaii, California, and the Philippines, and put him in the fields of Asia only as a terror to the Russians or a scarecrow to the Germans. A doubt remained. Nevertheless, and we missed the chance of a strong insurance against Japanese encroachment. Stroked caressingly yesterday and box fears today, over there the dollar alone rules. And all diplomacy is a pestilential swamp, decency is an infrequent guest. With scorn grinning ever over its shoulder, the entrepreneur is a rogue. The official a purchasable puppet. The lady a cold cream covered lady peacock. The stubborn idealism. The cheerful ability of the American. His joy in giving. His achievements in and for art. Science. Culture all that was scarcely noticed. Such a caricature could not be erased by compliments. Before Mr. Roosevelt bared his set of stallions teeth Hongstgebis to the Berliners. He had spoken cheerfully to admirals Dewey and Beersford concerning the possibilities of a war of the star-spangled banner against Germany, and gentler fellow countrymen of the billboard man said, you're amazing, yourselves devilishly greedy for profits, yet you scoff at us because we go chasing after business, you fetch heaps of money across the sea, and then turn up your sublimely snuffing noses as if it stinks, to reach an understanding would have been difficult even in times of peace. The American is unwilling to be either stiff or subservient. He does not wish to be accounted of less value as a merchant than the officer or official, wishes to do what he likes and to call the president an ox outright if he pleases. Leave him as he is, and do not continually hurt the empire and its swarms of emigrant children by the attempt to force strangers into the shell of your will and your opinion. Is it not possible that the American is analyzing the origin of the war in his own way? That he looks upon Belgium's fate with other eyes than the German? that he groans over the army as an end in itself, and over militarism, that he does not understand us any quicker than the German Mitchell understands him, and that he puffs furiously when, after a long period of drought, the war, the European one, now spoils his trade, only four months at the worst, Sam, then it will spring up again in splendor such as has never been seen before, no matter how the dice fall for us, the chief winnings are going to you. The cost of the war expense without increment. Devastation. Loss of business amounts to a hundred thousand million marks or more for old Europa. She will be loaded down with loans and taxes. Even to the gaze of the victor. Customers will sink away that were yesterday capable of buying and paying. Extraordinary risks cannot be undertaken for many a year on our soil. But everybody will drift over to you ministers of finance. Artists. Inventors. And those who sent profits. You will merely have to free yourselves from dross and from the trust thought that cannot be stifled and to weed out the tears of demagogy, then you will be the effective lords of the world and will travel to a Europe like a great Nuremberg that teaches people subsequently to feel how once upon a time it felt to operate in the narrows. The scope of your planning and of your accomplishment, the very rank luxuriance of your life, will be marveled at as a fairy wonder. We, victors and conquered and neutrals. Will alike be confined by duty to austere simplicity of living. Your complaint is unfounded, only gird yourselves for a wee short time in patience, whether the business deals which you grab in the wartime smell good or bad, we shall not now publicly investigate. If law and custom permit them, what do you care for alien really heartache? If the statutes of international law prohibit them, the governments must ensure the effectiveness thereof. Scolding does not help, until the battle has been fought out to the finish until the book of its genesis has been exalted above every doubt. Your opinion weighs as heavy as a little chicken's feather to us. Let writer and talker rave till they are exhausted not a syllable yet in defense. We do not feel hurt. Have it spare time for it, indeed. We are glad that you gave 10 millions each month for Belgium. That you intend to help care for Poland. That you are opening the savings banks of your children. But, seriously. We beg you not to howl if American ships are damaged by the attack of German submarines. England wishes to shut off our imports of foodstuffs and raw materials. And we wish to shut off England's. You do not attempt to land on our coast, keep away also from that of Britain. You were warned early. What is now to take place is commanded by merciless necessity, must be. And let no woeful cries, no threats, crowd into Germany's ears endowed with a noble fire of blood by a caprine from king albert's book not applause not admiration but the deep eternal gratitude of the whole civilized world is now due to the self-denying belgian people and their noble young sovereign they first threw themselves before the savage beast, foaming with pride maddened with blood they thought not of their own safety nor of the prosperity of their houses nor of the fate of the high culture of their country nor of the vast numbers and cruelty of the enemy They have saved not only their fatherland, but all Europe the cradle of intellect, taste, science, creative art, and beauty they have saved from the fury of the barbarians trampling, in their insolence, the best roses in the holy garden of God, compared with their modest heroism the deed of Leonidas and his Spartans, who fought in the pass of Thermopylae, falls into the shade, and the hearts of all the noble and the good beat in accord with their great hearts. Mumber never shall die or lose its power people endowed with such a noble fire of blood, with such feelings that inspire it to confront bereavement, sorrow, sickness, wounds, to marches friends, hand in hand, adored kin and simple cottager, man and woman, poor and rich, weak and strong, aristocrat and laborer, salutation and humblest reverence to them, chronology of the war showing progress of campaigns on all fronts and collateral events from February 28th, 1915, up to and including March 31, 1915 continued from the March number campaign in Eastern Europe March 1 to German Army Corps are defeated in struggle for Paziznis, Germans bombard Osots. March 2 Russians win Dukla Pass, 10.000 Germans taken prisoner at Paziznis, Russians reinforced on both flanks in Poland, Austrians meet reverse near Stanislau, Austrians make progress in the Carpathians, Russians shelter Nauts. March 3 Russians press forward from the Niemen and the Niester. Austro-German army driven back in Galicia, Germans demolished to Osot's forts. March 4 Russians are pressing for armies through the mountain passes into Hungary, they have checked a new in a drive on the part of the Austrians. March 5 Russians are taking the offensive from the Baltic Sea to the Romanian frontier, German armies in the north have been split into isolated columns, Russians report the recapture of Stanisla and Chernowitz. Snow is retarding the invasion of Hungary. March 6 Russian center takes up attack, Russians are gaining in North Poland, Austrians give ground in East Galicia. March 7 Germans start another drive in region of Pilica River, Austrians retreat in Dubkowina. March 8 Russians silence two batteries of German siege artillery at Osots, Austrians gain ground in the Carpathians and Galicia, it is reported that German troops in Northern Poland and Galicia are exhausted. March 9th, Germans are raising the siege of Ossotz and are retreating in northern Poland. Russians claim that the Austrian offensive in Eastern Galicia is a complete failure. March 10th, Germans attempt to break through Russian line in northern Poland. General II I. Korn's army, retreating from the Niemen, is being harried by Russian cavalry and has been pierced at one point. Austrians have successes in the Carpathians and Western Galicia. March 11th, one million men are engaged in a series of battles in northern Poland the front being 80 miles long. March 12 in the Carpathians the Russians capture the villages of Lubko and Smolnik and the surrounding heights. March 13th, Russians check German offensive against Pesha's fighting in progress along Orzaik River, Austrians repulse Russian attack near Susna in the Carpathians. March 14 Russians check German advance in Loire region. March 15 Russians capture the chief eastern defense of Pesha missile, 3 miles from the heart of the defense system. Austrian troops which held the position leaving many guns in the snow, the siege ring is now drawn tighter, battle is on Ndutkowina, there is fighting among the ice fields of the Carpathians. March 16th, Russians take vigorous offensive and drive back army that was marching on Pžesnis, 100.000 men have been buried in a triangle a few miles in area between Warsaw and Skarniaus, Germans are making use of fireworks at night to locate Russian guns. Austrian Archduke Frederick suggests to Emperor Francis. Joseph the abandonment of the campaign against Serbia. All troops to be diverted to the Carpathians. March 17 Pšemisla is in peril. Russians have recrossed the German frontier into places. There is fighting on a 600-mile front. It is reported that the Austrian army in East Galicia has been flanked. A battle is being fought in the snow for the possession of Tarnas. March 18 Germans threaten severe reprisals on Russians for devastation in East Prussia. German offensive in much of Poland is reported to be broken. March 19th, Memel, German port on the Baltic, is occupied by the Russians, Tilsit is menaced, von Hindenburg starts a new offensive in central Poland, the Germans have lost heavily along the Pilica, Austrians claim that they have halted the Russian advance in the Carpathians. March 20th, Russians win battle in streets of Maimel, battle line extends to a Romanian border, Sardi by Garrison is driven back, Statistics published in Petrograd show that 95 towns and 4.500 villages in Russian Poland have been devastated as a result of German invasion damage estimated at area code 500. March 21st Austrians renew operations against Serbia and are defeated in artillery duel near Belgrade. Russians are advancing on Tilsit, another Puja missile sortie is repelled, March 22nd after a siege which began on September 2nd. The longest siege in modern history. The great Galician fortress of Kizhimislas surrendered to the Russians, who capture nine Austrian generals, 300 officers, and 125.000 men. According to a Russian statements, the strategic value of is considered great. As it guarded the way to Krakow and to important Carpathian passes, Germans retake Mamel, Russians are preparing for a vigorous offensive in the Carpathians, Austrians are shelling the Montenegrin front. March 23, demonstrations are held in Russia over fall of Gemisel. Germans say that the capture of the place cannot influence general situation. March 24, battle is being fought in the Carpathians. Russians march on Hungary and pursue strong column that had been seeking to relieve Gemisel. Germans withdraw big guns from Auschwitz. March 25, Russians carry Austrian position on crest of Beskid Mountains in Lubka Pass region and win victory in Dukowina. Fighting in southern Poland is resumed. March 26th it is reported that the Austro-German armies in the Carpathians are withdrawing into Hungary, Germans retreat in the north. March 27th violent fighting in the Carpathians, Austrians make gains in Dubkowina. March 28th Russians break into Hungary and carry on offensive operations against Eszak and Lopkowapasas. March 29th Austrians make gains at several points, Russians say that the main dash was a mere raid. March 30th Russians storm crests in the Carpathians. Austrians are in a big drive across Bukowina, 160.000 Germans are reported as being rushed to Austria. March 31st, Russians are making their way down the southern slopes of the Carpathians into Hungary, German Army Corps reported trapped and cut to pieces in northern Poland, Pola is preparing for a siege campaign in Western Europe. March 2nd, Germans are pouring reinforcements into Belgium, British gain ground near Lobossi. March 4th, hard fighting in the Vosges, Germans spray burning oil and chemicals upon French advancing in Milan court woods, March 5 Germans checked at Rhines. report of Sir John French says situation is unchanged in Belgium, Germans are holding reserves in Alsace, March 9th floods hamper campaign in Alsace, it is reported that Germans are shelling factories in France which they cannot capture. March 10th, Germans declare that the French have failed in the Champagne district and have lost 45.000 men. March 11th, after several days of severe fighting, the British capture Neuve Chapelle. The German loss being estimated by British at 18.000. The British also have lost heavily, particularly in officers. British believe they will now be able to threaten seriously the German position at Lobossy. French War Office says operations in Champagne have aided Russians by preventing Germans from reinforcing Eastern armies. March 12th British are pressing on toward Lille, they gain near Armentiers, occupy Epinet, and advance toward La Germans are entrenched in Obers, the new drive is expected by Allies to prevent Germans in the West from sending reinforcements to the East. March 13th Sir John French reports further gains in New Chapel region. March 14th French occupy Vaquois. The key to a wide area of the Argonne, they capture trenches and occupy Amber Menil. Belgians gain on the Isar, British repel German attack on Neuve-Chapelle, it is announced that the French recently won a victory at roy akerkopf Alsace. March 15 French capture trenches north of Arras, Germans drive back British south of Ypres, Germans meet reverse at Neuve-Chapelle, it is announced that the French recently won a victory at Comerce, French and British are preparing for a general offensive. The first installment is given out from French official. Sources of a historical review of the war. From the French viewpoint, covering the first six months, March 16th Belgians cross the Isar, they drive Germans from trenches south of Newport, British retake St. Eloy, barbed wire fence, 10 feet high, encompasses entire zone of German military operations in Alsace, British still hold New Chapel after several spirited attempts to retake it, March 17th, Wessende bombarded, Belgians carry to positions in Iser region. March 18th, Belgian army continues to advance on the Iser, French continue to hold the heights near Notre-Dame-de-Lorette despite repeated shelling of their position, Germans are fortifying towns in Alsace. March 19th, Belgians and Germans are fighting a battle in the underground passages of a monastery in front of Ramskapel. official British report tells of new German repulse at saint Eloy. March 21 Germans take a hill in the Vosges. March 24 New Battle begins along the Iser. March 26 Belgians make progress on road from Dixmude to Ypres. March 27 French capture summit of hard kopf Mountain. March 29 French are pressing the Germans hard at various points in Champagne, as an offset. The Germans renew activity against Rhines with lively bombardments, sapping and mining operations are stated to be the only means of gaining ground in the Argonne. Turkish and Egyptian campaign. March 1st Turkish forces mass on Asiatic side of the Dardanelles under Esan Pasha. Defender of Janina. Russians have completed the expulsion of Turks from Transcaucasus region and dominate the Black Sea. March 3rd Russians. After three days battle. Stop reinforcements for Turks in the Caucasus. March 5th Turks abandon for the time the campaign against Egypt and recall troops. March 7th British drive Turks back from the Persian Gulf. With considerable losses on both sides, it is reported that the Germans killed 300 Turks in a conflict between these allies after the Egyptian retreat. March 9th Germans report that British were routed recently in southern Mesopotamia. March 12th General de Maud, commander of the French forces in Morocco, has been put in command of a force which is to aid the allied fleets in operations against Constantinople. March 13th Turks are driven back in Armenia and northwestern Persia. March 16 Russians rout Turks in Armenia and threaten Turks in the Caucasus. March 18 Turkish soldiers kill several civilians in the Urumia district of Persia, Turks are massing large forces near Constantinople and on Asiatic side of the Dardanelles. March 19 Russians occupy Arkawa. March 20 Turks reported to be four days march from Suez Canal. March 23 Turkish force operating against town of Suez is rooted. Campaign in Far East. March 12th it is reported from Peking that nine Germans, among them the German military attaché at Peking, who was leading the party, escaped from Diasingda when it fell, and had made their way 1.000 miles into Manchuria, where they are trying to blow up tunnels along the Trans-Siberian Railway, Russian troops are pursuing them. Campaign in Africa. March 21st official announcement is made that General Botha, commander-in-chief of the Army of the Union of South Africa, has captured 200 Germans and two field guns at Swakopmund, German Southwest Africa. Naval Record General. March 1st. Norwegian steamer reports ramming a submarine off English coast. March 2nd. Bulgaria protests to Austria, Russia, and Serbia against mines in the Danube. Diligent inquiry in England fails to produce any evidence supporting report that British superdreadnought audacious, wrecked by mine or torpedo on October 27th is about to be restored to the fighting line. March 3 Allied fleet silences three inner forts on the Asiatic side of the Dardanelles, Berlin report says British cruiser Zephyr was damaged. March 4 attack on Dardanelles continues, French ships bombard Buell forts and destroy Kavot Bridge, Field Marshal von Diergoltz has asked for German artillery officers to aid in defending Dardanelles, but it is reported that Germans cannot spare any. German submarine U-8 is sunk by destroyers of the Dover Flotilla. German submarine chases hospital ship St. Andrew. March 5th Allies report that 6. Possible.